0: Hey, this is Keir Nagar from the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show. And today we have Brian Graham with us. Brian has got 13 years of experience in real estate. He's the co-founder of the Leopard and the McMaster's Realty in Boston. If you'd like to work with someone who has got experience in every part of the industry, then Brian is your guy. Real estate can be often stressful for buyers, sellers, and even renters. But Brian is here to make the process a breeze for you. So let's welcome our today's guest. Brian Graham. Brian, welcome to the show. Karen, what's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> Out of the world, top notch. Great. So let's dive into the interview once again. My first question to you is about uh, the entrepreneurial bug. How did you catch the entrepreneurial bug and uh, what is the story behind it?
1: It's funny. I've always been, I've pretty much been a risk taker my whole life. So it's 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 weird though, because I never was somebody who had those... Funny entrepreneurial stories from when I was a kid. It's not like I was on the corner selling lemonade like every weekend for like 10 cents. I never, I never had anything like that or, or, or selling items from my parents' house to people in the neighborhood. I never have a story like that. The closest, the closest story I have as a kid from doing something entrepreneurially was when my friends and I during snowstorms used to go around the neighborhood and offer to shovel people's snow for like 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. And we were so excited. Uh, to get that money when we were a kid. That's pretty much the level of my entrepreneurial childhood for the most part. Uh, I would say it's something that really started happening once I once I got into real estate. You know, my background initially when I graduated college was in radio, and I was in sports radio and everything like that for for years. And it wasn't until really my mid-20s, I would say, when I just really something finally clicked and I really got this certain level of self-confidence. And I think that's really important for any, this self-belief, it's really important for anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur or wants to start any sort of business or something like that. It's insanely important to have that belief in yourself. And it's something that I think it, it, it not everyone has. And I think what wound up happening is that I got into real estate. I was working for two different offices and, you know, great experiences at both offices and everything like that. Great people. And at some point I I thought, you know what, it would be really cool to start something from scratch and kind of do it the way I want to do it. And that's really how everything started getting kicked off. And you start talking to a few people and, and my partner, Ian, we had conversations, you know, years out before we started Leopold and McMasters. But I think the moral of the story is when you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're getting the bug and everything like that. And it goes back to me with risk-taking. I'm always down to bet on myself, like with anything, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, i just always am, especially if it's something where I feel like I have enough experience in and I feel like I can bring something to the table. So I think it's a combination of a few things. It's that, you know, number one, being a risk taker, willing to bet on myself, having that confidence. And then number two, you know, having the six, seven, eight years of experience prior to opening Leopold and McMaster's, I think that was really important. And that's kind of what uh, kicked everything off. And that's really what got the entrepreneurial bug going, kind of getting into real estate and seeing how you could be your own boss, even your work when you're working for another office. You know, you're still pretty much making your own schedule and doing it how you want to do it. You're just kind of working underneath a broker versus when you own your own office, you are the broker, you are the, broker, you are the owner, and you have you know agents working for you
0: absolutely and being an entrepreneur is somewhere like connecting back to the story where you said that uh, you had a self-belief like kind of thing uh, during your mid-20s so being an entrepreneur is somewhere like taking the first step even when you don't see the entire staircase you got to have that self-belief so agreed upon you on that so my next question to you, Brian, is about your curiosities. If you could tell us about what are you curious about, right? Now.
1: Well, I'm expecting my first child in two to three weeks. So right now, right now, I'm curious about any and all good tips on handling that. Uh, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of like unwanted advice that people will just give you in a lot of different situations. Like, oh, this is how you should paint the fence. Or I think you should do this to your house or this or that. And you're like, yeah, whatever, man, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you this, when it comes to fatherhood or any fathers out there or any parents out there, they want to give me any life hacks, child hacks, diaper changing hacks,
0: I am all ears. I don't care who it is. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll take I'll take any and all advice on that. Let me tell you that right now. Absolutely. Being a parent for the first time is something you are going to experience only once. <laughs> so yeah, for sure,
1: for sure. I think with uh, in terms of other curiosities and stuff like that I think COVID was, a, was an interesting time, uh, when, you know, when everything kicked off a year and a half ago, because I think when it started, like everyone else and like in, in, in my line of work, we didn't know what was going to happen. Everyone thought, okay, it's going to be a couple of weeks and everything like that. But the first week I was like, okay, you know, what's something I could kind of get into while we can't show properties and everything like that? Is there something I could take up on the side? And originally I was thinking, oh, it'd be great to learn Spanish. <laughs> but unfortunately I never got around to do, I never got around to doing that. I did kind of get into the stock market a bit and try to learn a little bit more about that just because it was something I, I felt like it's something that would be, would be wise to understand technical analysis or at least basic technical analysis and stuff like that. So I did, I did read up on that and watch a lot of YouTube videos on different things, you know, Fibonacci, Wyckoff, all
0: this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I know it's weird even saying <laughs> sure. So learning Spanish and getting into the stock market was something you were curious yeah. about during the yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I, I this is the, again, if I go off on any tangents, just let me know. I, I tend to talk too much. I feel like <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything. I feel and, and you notice it when you travel as as a U.S. citizen, you notice it when you travel anywhere else in the world, especially Europe. And And my wife and I were there for our honeymoon four years ago. But it's, it's incredible how Europeans all know how to speak English and we can't really speak anything else. Like we, we uh, as Americans, we don't speak anything else. I took French in high school, you know, because I because they made us take French. So and my wife knows very basic Spanish and, and, and anyone the most the majority of Americans know here is very basic Spanish. And I think that's somewhat embarrassing, to be honest <laughs> with you. And I, I, I hate that. And look in our country we have people from all over the world. So there are a lot of people who are from other countries who immigrated here and and speak Spanish. And a lot of times, you know even people in my industry, I would I would love to be able to converse with them that way too. And and honestly, and my wife and I have talked about this when we have when our child is born, we're totally going to put them we're, we're totally going to have them learn Spanish or learn another language because it's something I think we we failed a lot as a country, especially when you look at these other countries and we, we like to think like, oh, America, you know, the best country, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> how do we, how, how is that How is that a thing? How is how is that, that's so embarrassing, you know? <laughs> that's like a complete aside and I'm sorry for that, but that just that bothers me so much for some reason.
0: But yeah, so yeah. that's that. Okay, okidoki. So my next question about is uh, a common myth. What do you think is the most common myth in the field of real estate right now?
1: I think two things. Number one, uh, that real estate agents are shady. And number two, and probably more importantly, that anyone can do it. Um, Anyone can also shoot a basketball. That doesn't mean (laughs) they're Steph Curry or LeBron James or anything like that. Uh, It's also one of the biggest mistakes that sellers and buyers make. They either list the house themselves, or with a family, friend, or relative uh, to help them sell it or buy the house. And that family, that friend or relative might be an agent that just works part-time or does it on the side or stuff like that. When you're talking about one of the biggest financial decisions of your life, probably the biggest financial decision of your life. When you're talking about that, you really should hire somebody with experience. You shouldn't just do, do, do your friend a favor because you want to make them a commission or do your cousin a favor just because you want to make them a commission. And, and honestly, it, it, Kieran, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. I, I was just at a barbecue a month ago and um, I was talking to a buddy of mine and I just helped his brother buy a house about right before COVID, you know, a couple of years ago. And he's now ready to buy a house. And he comes up to me and he's like, listen, Brian, you know, I got Look, I got to use my cousin, blah, 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 blah. And I said to him flat out, I was like, bud, if you want to pay more for a property that's, and, and, and take a while doing this, go right ahead. I'm not going to stop you. Half kidding, half serious, because, you know, look, his cousin's done, you know, a deal or two in, in five years and, and just isn't in it every day. She does it part time always like get the person that lives and breathes it every day. That's super important. That's, that's the biggest mistake that people make. And that's part of the myth that anyone can do it. Again, anyone can shoot a basketball. We're not all Kevin Durant. It's just, it's, it's, it is what it is. So it's important to hire somebody with experience. And it's not like how it used to be back in the day. You can read all of these reviews about people online. You know, I'm sure you, I'm sure before this, you saw some of my reviews or whatever you, you, you can read up on people so much online. There's all this public information out there, social media, Zillow, everyone has a profile, you know, it. you can pretty much know anything about an agent before you even meet them or before you even talk to them the first time. So that's super, super important, super important. And my parents uh, live in New York city and uh, they're probably gonna, they're, they're gonna sell their house too at, at some point, probably in the next couple of years. And I told them, I was like, hire an agent. Uh, and they know that too. They're going to hire an agent. They're not going to try to do it themselves. That's bananas. That's crazy. Even, even with me as their son, who I don't know, I, I, even though I'm from Brooklyn, I don't know that market. I, I, I don't know what it's like now. I'm not in it every day. Like I am Boston but they're going to hire an agent. They're not going to do it themselves. You're leaving too much money on the table. When you, when you do it yourselves, it's being super penny wise and pound foolish. It's, it's, it's just a colossal mistake that people make. And I see it all the time. I, I I just see it all the time.
0: So people should go ahead with an experienced real estate agent when they're trying to sell or buy a home or is they're going to lose money? Right. And
1: I, it, it happens all the time. I was, I was talking to somebody, a friend of a friend, probably like a few months ago. And uh, they had just moved into this house. And I said, Oh, cool. Where, where did you guys used to live? And they said this area. And I was like, Oh, cool. They're like, yeah, we sold it ourselves. It was great. I go, Oh, okay. Uh, how much, how much did you get for it? And they told me the number. And I was like, what? I, I, and I like, I have buyers who are, who, who probably would have paid more for that. And and it was worth more than that. The issue is that it's almost like when you're trying to sell, let's say you're trying to sell anything, I I don't know, like a baseball card or something like that. Are you going to sell it on like Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram to like your hundreds or thousands of followers? Or are you going to go on eBay and list it and get it in front of millions and millions of people? Yeah, you're going to pay like the 12 or 15% big or commission that eBay charges, whatever it is, but it doesn't matter. You're in front of way more people if you list with an agent you're going to be in front of way more people. You're going to be in front of pretty much every agent in the state and not only that you're going to be in front of all these buyers and all these other people just like that. That's important. That's super important. You need to create you, you need to create demand for your supply. There's going to be way less demand if you list it yourselves 9 times out of 10. You know, maybe maybe you get incredibly lucky, but the reality is is that you're
0: just not going to get it in front of enough people. And, and that would be like, that's, that's the major problem. Sure. You need to have demand for your supply. I like it when you said that. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So Brian, my next question is about a failure that you had, the biggest failure that you had and what was the lesson learned from it?
1: Oh man. Uh, I would say, so this was, this was a few years ago. Uh, one of the things I, I, I hate losing more than anything. I just I, I hate it so much. I could be playing somebody in ping pong or or whatever. I can't stand losing. I, I I'm a I'm a I'm not a sore loser, but it really bothers me. It, it just it bothers me so much. Uh, I would say I, I wouldn't say it was somewhat of a failure. I would say I'm always on the lookout for new agents. We're we're always trying to get new agents in there and train new agents and everything like that. And I've been talking to a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, she, she's in the industry, she handles property management. And I said to her, I was like, Hey, there are any, any agents you've run into in the last like few years that you really like. And she said, you know, there's this one woman who's just incredible, blah, 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 singing her praises, everything like that. She's only been doing it three years. To me, that's like someone who's ideal. So I started doing my research on this woman and I looked up the office she worked for and I just knew that the broker that she was working with and the owner of the company she was working with, he's he he just, I could I just knew that he just probably wasn't showing her the right way and that she was probably leaving a lot of meat on the bone and and she probably could do way better than however she's doing. So I reached out to her and I said, Hey, uh, do you want to meet up for do you want to meet up for lunch, et cetera, et cetera? I'd love to talk about, you know, your future in real estate. So Ian and I Ian who's my uh, who's the co-founder of Leopold McMaster's co-owner of it. Uh, I always feel like any time we can get somebody in person meeting and stuff like that the majority of the time we're going to close the deal cuz we just we we have a great product to pitch and we're very likable guys. <laughs> At least my mom says that. <laughs> so so we get her we we get her on board everything like that she's all into it and everything like that. Uh, I find out that she signed a non-compete with her other office. Uh, basically how that works is that it's something it's, it's a very archaic thing that's not even around anymore, but it's something where you, say, you you basically sign something saying if you leave this previous office, you cannot work at another real estate office within X amount x vicinity for a year, two years, whatever it is, right. This kind of goes back to what i was saying before my entire life i've been a risk taker i've been aggressive i don't have a problem doing it what's odd also about this situation is that the first office i worked for was with a broker who had been doing it for years but he was like just super aggressive i forgot what the expression is but it's like just do it and apologize for it later something like that Whatever. however that expression goes you know, like, like just do whatever it is you're going to do and uh, any consequences, apologize for it later. That's pretty much what I should have done in this situation. What did I do in this situation? And again, that's how my first office would have operated. My second office, which was more do everything by the book, ABC, they would have like made sure it was okay with an attorney, everything like that, and just figured it out. What did I do? I did it like the second office did. I contacted our attorney. I said, Hey, how does this work with a, with a non-compete? What would we have to pay? Et cetera, et cetera. Attorneys pretty much go, they they paint you the worst picture scenario and everything like that. They're like, well, you'd be, you might have to give up all the money she makes for you, blah, 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 this, this, and that. So I was like, okay. So I said to her, I was like, look, we have this whole stupid thing with this non-compete the attorney says we shouldn't do. And she's like, I really want to start them now, blah, 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 blah. And we were just like, let's give it a few months. Sure enough, she goes to another office and the rest is history. So I regret that because my gut at the time told me, be like the guy from the first office, be aggressive and just say, you know what? Screw it. Let's take her in. And if we wind up getting any blowback from this other office, if they try to like get us for anything for the non-compete, we'll deal with it when the time comes. Instead of locking down someone who I thought was going to be a great agent and, and just would have been an awesome fit for our office, we wind up losing her to another office that was like, you know what? We'll deal with the, with the, non, the non-compete. No big deal. Not a problem. So that was my biggest, I wouldn't say failure. That was my biggest regret uh, since owning this office in that I lost out on a great agent, somebody who I knew I could make into something great who had experienced doing this, but was, was being sort of trained by a moron, sorry, but being trained by a, by, a, by a really poor broker or owner. I thought if I can get her into our system, she is gonna fly and, and do amazing here. But of course, that's what happened. And it's, that one was a tough pill to swallow. So that was probably my biggest failure, I would say, as a, uh, as a business owner, and at least since owning this
0: office. And the lesson learned is next time you're going to the
1: work, lesson, yeah. Yeah, just look, if, if you really want something or want someone, uh, I, I just, you know, you sometimes have to go with your gut. So in this situation, I should have just said, you know what, Make, let's get her in place. And we have, we have an attorney that we have like this great relationship with that we essentially have on retainer just bring her in. If something, if there's any blowback from this other office or, or they decide on any to, to sue us or, or come after us for anything, whatever, even if it's like a year of her like salary or whatever, it's again, think long. I have to, I should have thought long-term there do right by her. She was kind of a little turned off that we didn't want to like, just jump into it and be like, Hey, you know, just screw whatever you deal with this, whatever. So It was was a mistake on my end because I should have went the aggressive route and said, you know what? That's what we're going to do. We're just going to take you on. We'll deal with any blowback later if there is any. We'll call this guy's bluff and deal with it later.
0: Sure. So that was a regret. And I know what the lesson learned is. Follow your gut. So nice. And I would say (laughs) uh, maybe next time you would for sure, you next time you would take the aggressive route when it comes to yeah. hiring an agent like her.
1: Yeah, sure. There are certain people you just make exceptions for. Like if this was a an average agent, I probably would have done the other route, you know, But because I knew this this woman was special, like you, I can pretty much tell within five to ten minutes of meeting somebody and talking to them if they're gonna be great or good. I could just tell when Ian and I met with her, I was like, this girl is special. Like, no doubt in my mind.
0: Absolutely. So my next question, let's move on to the next question. That was a great story there. And learning to make exception for the people who are exceptional. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, that's exactly it, you nailed it. (laughs) Okay, so in your opinion, Brian, what do you think is the most important personality trait that one should have to succeed in real estate or in business in general?
1: I think it's, uh, it goes back, it goes back to one of the things I said before, the number one thing in our office, and I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this podcast, but the number one rule in our office is don't be an asshole, be respectable to everybody. So I think the most important personality traits for a good agent, number one, hustle. Number two, you pretty much you should be personable or at least be able to connect with people and be, be real with people. I think that's super important. On the hustle part of things, there are really two, and, and my first my first boss told me this in real estate, there are two types of agents. There are the agent that, okay, they do a couple deals a week, a month or whatever. And they're like, oh, you know what? I'm good for the month. All my bills are paid for. I'm going to cash in whatever. And that's fine personally i have agents that are like that i have i have some agents that are like that and that's fine that's how you are that's totally fine but i want that second agent the second agent of which i have a lot of those too is the agent that comes in will do some deals and then they're like after they do one they're like okay when's the next one it, it's kind of like feeding the beast it's it, it's it's something that they're just they become like addicted to like doing deals and doing business and stuff like that those are the agents that are super successful. And I've had both of them, and there's nothing wrong with the first one. The first one might be happy making X amount of money per month, per year, whatever, because that's all they need. You know, maybe they're a single guy like renting an apartment uh, in their 20s for cheap money and they just have to worry about themselves. Uh, or maybe they are, maybe they are like married and their significant other brings home enough to where they only have to make a minimal amount each year. And, and that's why they don't hustle as much. But, you know, it's, it's the agents that, can hustle and are, are really like look working towards that next deal that are the ones that are going to be super successful. That's that's the difference. And, you know, that's that's the hustle part of things. And, you know, look, just being personable with people, doing right by people, that's that's super important. The the client that you have, whether you're selling their house, whether you're acting with them as a buyer's agent, whether they you're helping them rent a place they have to feel confidence in you and they have to feel like you're doing right by them, no matter what it is. So hustle will get you a long way. There are people who do really well in the beginning in real estate because they hustle, even when they might not understand the inventory or the process completely yet. If you look at somebody, I mean, I look at myself years ago, Versus now, when I fir- when I first started, I didn't even know like the area my office was in. I didn't even know anything. And, but it's it's all about almost like anything. I think it was was it Malcolm Gladwell who came out with that book where it was if you do, you can become an expert at something as long as you do ten thousand hours of it. I forgot the name of the book, but something like that. There's so, there's so much truth to that though. Uh, the more the more you do something, the better you'll get at it with anything with anything in life. So I think that's I think that's what's really important. So hustle and you really need to be personal and, and and instill confidence uh, in the, in your clients, you know, your clients should be confident that, Hey, we're working with the right agent to buy this house, sell this house, rent this apartment. That's
0: super important. That's, that's super important. So being a hustler and being a connectable Mm -hmm. person with authority. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Okay, so Brian, although you look in your mid-20s, my question to you is, please tell us, uh, what would be that first piece of advice you would like to give to 20-year-old Brian, which would have a major impact on his career?
1: Uh, oh, God. It'd be make sure to ask out that cute Puerto Rican girl from your journalism class. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I think I was, I when I was younger, when I was, when I was, like around 20 in college, stuff like that. Um, I think I, I obviously didn't have the confidence I do now. I think it's, it was important now versus back then is you see a lot of people when I was, when I was 20, 21, I was trying to get into, I was, I was still in college. I was trying to do broadcasting, trying to get to radio and everything like that. And sometimes I would see you know, classmates of mine trying to do the same thing and they might have gotten a better internship than I did or, or, or something like that or a better summer job or working at a great station where I didn't. And I would worry about that too much or worry about what other people think. And I would say by, as I got older, I just don't, you know, give a flying you know what about what other people think, really. I just I don't worry about that stuff. I just, you really only have to just worry about yourself and what you're doing and the path you're on in your process. Forget what your friends are doing. Forget your like super successful friend who's, you know, got this amazing life and gorgeous house and dogs and whatever. Forget about all that stuff or, or the guy who like, you know, married his high school sweetheart or anything like that. Forget, forget all of that. Worry about yourself. Worry about what you can control. Don't worry about anything. That's
0: important. Sure. So having self-consciousness and uh, knowing where you are going as a person, yep. not competing with everybody, but creating a creative market for yourself.
1: Exactly. And that's, again, that's what's most important and not, not just in, in, in business, but everyday life. Just don't worry about how like other people doing, just worry about yourself and, and putting yourself on the right path to be successful in what you want to do.
0: Absolutely. So Brian, my next question, okay? One life lesson that your job, real estate has taught you, which everybody should learn at some point in their life. Really listen to what people have to say. I, I, I think
1: that's, that's something, I think I, sh- I, I feel like I struggled with at times, especially uh, when I was hosting a radio show. Don't be worried about the next thing you want to say in the conversation. Uh, you can't make your point about some issue or topic, then shut your brain off while the other person is talking and then make another point about something you wanted to talk about. Uh, it won't jive well with the other person. <laughs> that actually might be good relationship advice, let alone like <laughs> life advice. You should always put, but you should always be listening to what the other person has to say. It's super important in, in my line of work because everyone's different. You know, not, not every seller or buyer is the same. Everyone has different personalities. Uh, you, you just have to know how to handle everyone, everyone differently. And, um, you just have to listen to what people want and how they want to do things. Uh, I think that's, what's super important. I think that's really what it is. And, you know, for example, if you're with, if you're with a client, if you're with a buyer and you're showing them a bunch of houses, but you're showing them kind of ones that you would like versus what they would like, because you weren't listening enough to like, oh, Hey, we want this open floor plan, or it has to have hardwood floors, or it has to be built after this time frame. It's important to listen, uh, it, it really is. That's that's the biggest thing. And people can
0: tell when you're not listening to what they have to say. I think that's important. So listening skill is so very important when it comes to business, relationships, yep. or as a person. <laughs> no definitely, relationships. definitely relationships,
1: definitely relationships,
0: 100%, 100%. <laughs> Great. Uh, So Brian, tell us about the backstory behind you becoming a real estate agent. Like, is there something we should know? Somebody gave you the idea, something like that. Yeah.
1: So I moved up to, I moved up to Boston in 2008 uh, to take a job as sports radio host. And I did that for a year and a half. And while I was doing that, I wasn't making Howard Stern money. So I was, doing well enough to like get by, but I wasn't like this big shot, like radio host or anything like that. So I was talking to my uh, friend's girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife, and she was a teacher. And she said, you know what you should do for like extra money on the side? You should like become an agent and rent apartments during the summer and you could make like extra money doing it. And I was like, oh, how hard is that to do? And she said, oh, you know, you gotta you know take the class, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. So I took the class, you know, took the test, everything like that, and replied to an ad on Craigslist for somebody who is seeking like agents could be part time or full time. I was still doing radio at the time. So it's not like I could jump in full time, you know, but I, I figured I could do like, you know, 20, 20, 30 hours a week. So I replied to an ad on Craigslist for someone who was looking for a real estate agent, contacted him and he called me back right away. And he's like, we'd love to have you in. And I met with him and he's like, yeah, when can you, when can you start? That sounds great. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I just got licensed and everything. I don't know. Sh- I don't know. shit. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> and he's like, that's no problem. Like, I got confidence in you and whatever. And away we went. So in the beginning, I started doing it part time, I would say for like a year or so. Fast forward to like late 2009 station I was working for got bought out by a, um, a Spanish speaking station. So obviously it's no longer sports format and I don't speak Spanish. So <laughs> I was I was out of a job in radio and it was kind of at an interesting crossroads in my life. My passion, my entire life had been, I want to be a sports radio host. I want to be in sports radio, everything like that. At that time, I was kind of, I kind of had a choice to make. I was like, okay, I can go into real estate, which I enjoy doing, or I can continue to try to be in radio and get another job doing that which isn't easy in that line of work and i was kind of just like i was kind of burnt out from radio at that point i had been doing it for years like working like either behind the scenes or on the air and everything like that and i just didn't have that fire that i used to have which is just interesting because this is something i wanted to do my entire life at least since i was in like junior high or high school and it just that passion wasn't there anymore and I was like, you know, I can't go into this. I can't go back into like radio if I'm not like fully committed. So I said, let, you know, let's give this real estate thing a try full time. And I started doing it full time. And the rest, I guess, is history. Worked at a couple of offices and, uh, and that was that. So I didn't always want to be a, a real estate agent. It kind of just happened oddly enough, uh, which is strange. It's, it's always weird the way different paths work. And then... You know, look, I worked for the first office uh, I worked for for three and a half years, went to another office just because I felt like I had, you know, become like a big fish in a little pond back then. And I think, and this is important too, is another like piece of advice. That first office I worked for, and I, I can't thank the the owner enough and the broker enough for taking a chance on a first time agent. And obviously he saw something in me, but uh At some point, if you're in an office or any sort of environment and you're looking around and you're like, and you just, you're looking around, you're like, I don't think I can learn anything else here. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else I can learn here. Then it might be time to go. To me, I, I always feel insanely uncomfortable. I'm a reasonably intelligent guy. I always feel insanely uncomfortable if I'm in a room and I'm looking around and I'm the smartest guy in the room. Like that's an uncomfortable situation to be in. I always want to be surrounded by people who are, who are more intelligent than I am, who can like raise my level a bit. And there came a point in time in that first office where I looked around and I'm like, I, I don't think my level can go up anymore here. I've done everything I can do. Then I moved to another office. And originally when I moved into that office, it was a breath of fresh air. starting something new. But I remember looking around there and looking at the, some of these different agents. And I'm like, oh, that guy's very successful. That guy's very successful. This guy's incredibly smart. That guy's incredibly smart. This guy succeeds doing certain things that way. And that's kind of how it all started. And, uh, you know, one of the agents who I, you know, really admired there, we wound up opening Leopold McMaster's together because he's just, he's an incredibly intelligent guy, but his strengths are areas where I can be better at. And my strengths are areas where he can be better better at. So he's one of the very few people you get people all the time who like come up to me or, or I'm sure people in general and they're like, hey, let's open a business doing that. Let's do this. We should be doing business together. There are very few people I get in business with. There really is. But Ian, for sure, was one of them. And, and it was it was really a no brainer once we sat down and really started talking about it. So that's kind of like the life story of the last 13 years or so. That's kind of how everything started. That's kind of how everything came into the real estate.
0: Uh, It sounds like you were at the right place at the right time all the time.
1: (laughs) It really was. And, and I had a choice where after I left my first office, I had a choice of, of, I was debating between two offices and it wound up being the right decision to go to the office I went to. And it was helpful because my first office, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before, it was a very, the broker was like, you know, an older guy, very seasoned, very street smart, but pretty much did everything how he wanted to do it. You know, he, he did and he made apologies later. And that was that was good. But also it was good seeing the really professional way of doing things, which was my second office, which was pretty much everything by the book and everything ABC professional uh, by the letter of the law and everything like that. So it was nice to be exposed to two different ways to do it. Each way can be successful, but I feel like the office that I have, we're kind of like a mix between both of those. I've tried to take everything I've learned from both of those offices that I thought were good to being a successful agent, and I put them in Leopold and Masters. So, and then added like some of,
0: some of my own things. So basically your office is a new breed of real estate.
1: Well, I wouldn't go, I mean, I wouldn't go, it's not like we're reinventing the wheel, but I just think, I think there are certain things we bring to the table that a lot of other offices don't. And I think that's, I think that's what's important. If I know that anyone who walks into my office, any potential client who walks into my office, they're going to get a great, not only a great experience, but we are going to do right by them. No matter what agent it is, I I know we're going to do right by them. And it's going to be, we're, we're going to represent them well, one way or another.
0: No, I believe you do it the right way all the time. Cool. Most of the time, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Okie dokie. So now tell us a hack uh, which you use to be productive and efficient all the time.
1: This is something, it, it's, it's funny because I used to, I, I pretty much have been doing this all the time. It's something I also uh, read in uh, Ryan Serhant's book, the you know, million dollar listing, Ryan Serhant from, uh, from New York. But for me, it's, I always try to make a- any, any minute productive. Um, so whether it's my commute to work in the morning, my commute to work, sometimes if, if I, I'm not really stressed out too much, I, I just, I, I'm rarely like stressed out. Um, but if I am, I might just listen to a podcast or music to sort of like bring me down or whatever. But that commute to work is so important for me, commute to the office or wherever I'm going, I'm showing houses. You want to you know, make the phone calls you have to make, call the people you have to call. It could be something as simple as like, oh, I was supposed to call my mom back here. When you find like those free minutes, use them wisely. Uh, so, <laughs> some clients of mine in the past think um, um, I'm crazy sometimes because I might wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to fall back asleep. And next thing you know, they're getting emails from me at 3.30 in the morning, you know, talking about, oh, let's go look at these houses X, Y, and Z. And then they would text me the next morning the hell are you doing up at three 30? That shows like, and and it's simple because I'm up at that time. I'm up anyway. So I'm like, it, it makes it seem like, wow, this guy, like really, like he wakes, he wakes up and he just cares so much. But I think the hack is just use those use free minutes. You get use them wisely. So like the commute into the work or the commute back, I'm trying to handle all the phone calls. I have to start the day. I'm always trying to get a jump start on the next day. You know, before I go to bed every night, I'm taking a look at my calendar, I'm, I'm seeing what that next day is. Like, okay, I have showings here. Okay, I have to meet with that agent. I have this interview, I've got to do this, this and that. But I want to mentally get a jumpstart of that in my head. So long story short, use use your use your time wisely. Uh, I think that's really like what's most important.
0: So using those couple of minutes here and there could yeah. also have a major impact on your business or Big in time. your life in general. Yeah, for sure. Great. So, if you could tell us that if you were not real estate, okay, if Brian was not real estate, real estate was not brand, what other business would brand choose, uh, and how would you like to run it? Oh God. Um, you know what's funny? I would probably,
1: <laughs> I'd probably run like a high-end doggy daycare in a very off, well-off town. <laughs> love. I, I I love dogs. I have I have three of them. Shout out to Sugar Maisie and Ali, fifteen-year-old black lab, a two-year-old down, and a two-year-old border collie bassinet mix. Uh, it's amazing how much, and now now that I know like kind of what childcare is, as I'm looking into that thing, I know how much like these these doggy daycare places are, and how important it is to people, and people care so much about their pets, um, and everyone and, and anyone who's there loves pets. It's amazing how well some of these companies do. Um, it's also amazing how, how well the really good run, good ones are, how well they're run and how poorly run, just like any, any line of work, how poorly run some of the bad ones are. So I think that would be the thing because there's such a demand for that uh, pretty much in every major city uh, is something like that because people you know, work long jobs, stuff like that. So I think I probably would do that because it's something something my wife would be into. But it's something that it would kind of be enjoyable every day. I have a friend that owns a doggy daycare in New Jersey. Um, so it's, it's, it, I would have to definitely talk to him about that. <laughs> Maybe we could franchise his place. But he's had, he's had one for six years or so, I think. So I think I I think that would be the thing. Just find like a, a, a very well, well to do town and get a high-end doggy daycare uh in there. I think that I think I'd be into that. Uh maybe that's something I, I don't think I'll ever retire from real estate. I mean, I, I just turned 40, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's something that I think I'll always have my hand in real estate some way, some way, shape or form, probably till the day I die. But that would be an interesting thing to uh, to start. That would be, uh, I think that would be good. Something along something along those lines.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a plan. I hope you get it soon. Let's do it. What are you doing, man? Let's start on tomorrow. Let's go. I trust you. Come on, one time. <laughs> nice. So, where can the listeners find you, Brian? Are you available on social media?
1: Yeah, you can uh, you can check us out on uh, Leopold McMasters Realty.com. Pretty much all of our our information is there. Uh, you could find all of our, uh, all of our social uh, media channels and whatnot. You could find us there. And uh, that's probably the best way to find us. Or if somewhat, if for some reason you're in the Boston area, come, uh, come check us out. We're located in Austin. Uh, look us up, come pay a visit, come say hi. So, and obviously if you have any questions on your, any of your uh, buying, selling, renting needs or anything, you can email us at homes. At lmcrealtyboston.com, like Larry Michael Charlie Realty Boston.com. So that's that's probably the best way to get a hold of us. But everything can be found uh, through our website, leopoldmcmastersrealty.com.
0: Leopold realty.com It is guys, do check it out. I really find it really interesting. And uh, I had an amazing guest today, Brian Graham. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. Karen, thanks a lot, buddy. Good, thanks for having me. Thank you so much again, I am your host Kiran Nagaraj signing off, you guys take care till then, bye guys!